0: Snap! wilson quarterback, draw on third and 15,
1: 20, 15, 10, oh he's gonna go, five, touchdown Cougars!
0: Down the lane, back to Yo. Yo on the arc, shoots a three, and scores it, Yoli Childs for three! To the right, putting a shot on goal, it is a goal for Elise Blake! This is Behind the Mic
1: with Greg Rubel, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans
0: everywhere. And now,
1: here's Greg Rubel.
0: Hello and good Wednesday evening, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio 2 at the BYU Broadcasting Building on the BYU campus in Provo, Utah for another edition of Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel, our weekly 60 minutes of Cougar conversations with BYU sports personalities past and present. My name is Greg Rubel. Coming to you live coast-to-coast on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. In northern Utah, you can dial us in over the air on 107.9 FM and 89.1 FM HD2. You can stream us online via byuradio.org and the BYU Radio app or on demand. You can hear us by subscribing to our Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel podcast or by visiting our show page at byuradio.org where you can listen to the show archives. This week, we head to the Diamond and the Hardwoods. Uh, As just a couple of days ahead of uh, opening day. I visit with BYU baseball pitcher Jordan Wood and from Italy, former BYU basketball sharpshooter Jonathan Tavernari. My interview with JT is tonight's Catching Up with the Cougars segment brought to you by BYU Alumni. We start the show, though, with the player that BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood calls the anchor of the Cougar pitching staff, senior Jordan Wood. Woody was an all-WCC first-team selection in 2018. After leading the Cougars in starts, wins, innings pitched, and strikeouts, His ERA of 2.66 was second on the team behind reliever Drew Zimmerman, who may indeed join Jordan in the starting rotation this year. A former multi-sport star from the Houston, Texas area, Jordan Wood is hoping to help to lead BYU back to the WCC tournament and NCAA tournament after a season on the outside looking in on baseball's postseason. It is a pleasure to welcome in Jordan Wood. Behind the mic. Hello, Jordan. How's it going? Very good. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. All right. uh, First up, it is opening week. Mm -hmm. Juice is flowing right now?
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm super excited. We've been playing each other for the past little while, Our against each other scrimmaging so it's kind of nice to play a new opponent so be I'm looking forward to that okay I said Houston area uh, officially Friendswood, Texas explain where that is yeah so Friendswood is about in between Houston and Galveston kind of about kind of splits them about halfway between both so you got the city of Houston and then you can also go to the beach down in Galveston
0: so you're to the southeast of Houston then, yep, uh, yep. Of, of Metro Houston mm-hmm. uh, you were all district in basketball all district in football as well uh, were you a dual threat
2: quarterback is that the best way to put it? Yeah, I would say so. We ran a lot of spread, and I scrambled a lot. I would guess you could call it like that. So I'm more of a runner than a thrower, or do you like to put it up as well as you would? Uh, I probably ran more um, my senior year than I threw just because I feel like I my legs were in good shape. I had just come off of surgery, and and then my receivers maybe weren't as quick as they were in previous years. So I was able to run a lot more, I would say, my senior year. Okay, how tall are you? About 6'3". Okay, what did you play in basketball? I played just like a forward, kind of like, not really a power forward, but we just kind of ran like a four-guard set and one big man. Um, We had a lot of shooters on our team, and I definitely wasn't a shooter. I was just a guy who would get the rebounds and play defense.
0: Okay, and then when it came to baseball, um, you were all district, but was that as a shortstop and not a pitcher?
2: Or were you both? I, I, I don't know. I think it was more as a pitcher. Um like I played shortstop a lot and I was like decent at shortstop, but I like I would say I excelled a lot in pitching, especially in high school.
0: Okay, so you did both apparently. Uh when did you gravitate more toward pitching and leave shortstop behind?
2: Yeah, I would it was just more when I came to college. I came out and uh I came out to a camp for Coach Littlewood and threw in front of him. Um and that was kind of how I got recruited. Um and I would say then they were like, Oh, he's got some good stuff pitching, so we'll keep him as a pitcher. Okay. Uh what were you throwing in high school miles per hour? Uh I was about like 88 92 um in high school pretty consistently my senior year um sometimes it was more sometimes it was a little less maybe but pretty consistently 88 92
0: what gets you on what kind of speed gets you on a college radar do you think uh
2: i, I don't know i would say like anywhere 87 plus for a right hander i feel like that's pretty quick in high school that's pretty fast um I'm, nowadays, I feel like it's getting even more and more because kids are throwing harder, younger. But I would say when, around my time, anywhere eighty-seven plus was like pretty good. Okay, were you LDS your whole life growing up? Yep, yep. Grew up LDS. Grew up in the faith. Okay, and so uh, was BYU
0: always uh, a primary target for you? Or were you were you pretty open, and were other schools into you?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I was really open. I thought it was. Uh, Nice to, I thought BYU was a good option for me because they really respected a mission. And that was something I had always wanted to do since I was a little kid. Like I made sure that was like one of my goals was I wanted to go on a mission. And I was recruited by other schools. I was recruited by um, many different ones. One Big 12 school, Kansas State, really wanted me to go there. And I had some friends that played on my summer ball team that were going there. And they were like, come come play with us. Mm -hmm. But the only thing was they wanted me to play two years of baseball and then go on a mission when in I really just wanted to go on a mission right out of high school and then be able to play four years straight of baseball um and BYU was is, I feel like really respected that as well and so that, I feel like that was a good thing.
0: And so you did uh you did you were able to do exactly that, right? Go on a mission right out of high school mm-hmm. and you went to the UK.
2: Yeah, went to the England London South Mission, which now I think has been merged with the England London Mission. Okay, so did it take you all the way down to the coast? Yeah, it took me all the way down to Plymouth and like they call it Land's End down there in uh-huh. Cornwall, um, and I got to spend some time in London, so I got the the best of both worlds, I guess you could say
0: I, I love it there. Did you uh, end up be, uh, having a real affinity for the people in the area
2: uh, when you served? Yeah, definitely English people are awesome. They have a different sense of humor, which yeah. I actually like, and they 're super nice and super loving and loyal like once they get to know you and they become really good friends with you they 're like friends for life, like I still have English members and recent converts that will still email me or message me on Facebook and we still keep in contact today. You've been back 3 or 4
0: years. Have you, have you gone back to your mission field since or
2: do you plan to go back at some point? Yeah, and- yeah, we we plan to go back. My wife is actually uh she served a mission in Germany. So we kind of plan at some point to go back and kind of do a Europe trip right on. um with us, but my parents came and picked me up and that was the only time that I we kind of went around England without being a missionary.
0: Okay. Uh, mission service ends, you're ready to play baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, how did uh, how did laying sod come into the mix?
2: <laughs> yeah, so my <laughs> freshman year, I came home after my mission, and I was always a hard worker. I've always wanted to work hard. My parents have instilled that into me since I was a little kid, and I was like, well, while I'm home this summer, I might as well get a job. I'm like, I like outside. I like doing stuff with my hands, and so I've done lots of mulching and stuff in our yard in Texas, done all kinds of yard work in Texas, and so... I was like, I'll just get a landscaping job. So I got a landscaping job. You're back home in Texas? This is actually here. My here parents Utah- moved. Okay, they would moved while you were gone or before you went? Yeah, so about two months into my mission, my parents moved from Texas to Utah. Okay. So my dad's job he can kind of do from everywhere. And so he moved, they moved up here so they could be able to watch me play a little bit more. Um, and so, yeah, so I end up up here and i end up actually like doing landscaping on the Provo city center temple and so we're doing landscaping (laughs) laying bushes and trees and this is
0: summer before your freshman season
2: okay yep this is summer before my freshman season so then we're digging a hole for a tree and i just step in the hole and like nothing like unusual and i just felt this like tweak and pain down my left leg and my back and i was like that was really weird and then i couldn't move like hardly move the rest of the day um and so then i went into uh a doctor and found out I had a couple herniated discs before your freshman season before my freshman season I'm sure coach wasn't probably too happy to get that phone call but
0: so uh, and it's actually probably held you back a bit I would think
2: yeah you know I thought I thought it would more um I was definitely super blessed and my recovery was pretty quick the, the procedure went well with the doctors what did they do to you? they just did a two-level discectomy which is where they just take out the, the ruptured disc or the disc that's herniated so it's not pushing on my nerve because it was Pushing on my sciatic nerve so much that I couldn't put any weight on my left leg. From stepping in a hole. Yeah, they think it had happened over time, and that was huh. like kind of the straw on the okay. camel's back. Okay, that just like kind of broke. Wow. Um. So procedure and this, and then
0: how did you feel that freshman year? Then coming off of that and 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 trying
2: to do your job. Yeah, I would say my freshman year, I really tried to rehab in the fall. Like that's all I did. And I tried to do it as hard as I could, so I could get back as quick as I could. Um. And I feel like my freshman year, it would ache and it would be sore a lot of times after I threw but nothing like very significant I thought okay you mentioned
0: Mike Littlewood when did you commit to BYU and when you did was coach Littlewood just recent to the job then was he pretty new in it when you committed
2: yeah so it was like I think it was like after my junior year or in between my junior and senior season I had a lot of offers from different other schools to go play baseball and my summer ball coach was actually like where do you want to go and I said I want to go to BYU and he said okay well have you have you talked to a coach? I'm like, no, I haven't talked to a coach yet or anything. He said, give me the coach's number and I'm going to call him. And then you go out there and throw in front of him, pitch in front of him. And so I got his number. I gave it to my coach and I set up to go to their like summer baseball camp. I went out and threw in front of him. And then I guess on the way home, I was like, I don't know how it went. And then I guess when I got home, I got a phone call from coach offering me a scholarship to come play for him. So, okay. What were your first uh, vibes from coach Littlewood? Um, my first visor from Coach Littlewood was that he's a hard worker and that he wants to win, which I feel like fit with my mentality and kind of what I wanted to do and pursue in college, and so I thought it would be a great fit. What did you want uh, out of your freshman season, and what did you get compared to your expectations? What I wanted was I, I feel like I wanted to just come in and contribute in the best way possible to the team, whether whatever that was, whether it was a starter or a reliever or a closer, didn't matter to me. I just wanted to come in and be able to contribute. Which I was able to do for a little bit until I hurt my arm. But um, I thought it was a, a a good fit for my freshman year.
0: Okay, uh, how did you hurt your arm, and, and what kind of injury were we talking about?
2: <laughs> yeah, I just came down a slider down UVU a midweek game. I was just I just was going to throw two innings just to kind of like refreshing up for the weekend, and I came down a slider my first inning, um, and I ended up it was like the last pitch of the inning. I ended up striking the kid out on it, but my forearm just tightened up really bad. And come to find out, I had fractured my growth plate. Mm. So second setback. Yeah. Second physical setback.
0: Um, uh, you, you, as a team, go to and out of the WCC tournament mm-hmm. in your freshman year. Mm-hmm. And then you go from one start as a freshman to six as a sophomore, another good year for BYU. How did you Mm -hmm. see things progressing at that point?
2: Yeah, definitely. I feel like I was able to get a little more mature and kind of be able to fill out a little more what college baseball is like and how pitchers and what I needed to work on. Um, So I tried to work on it that summer a lot and then be able to come back and fulfill whatever role I needed. That sophomore year ended up being pretty epic at the end, didn't it? Yes, it was.
0: So BYU goes uh, to the conference tournament, uh, second consecutive year. You dropped the opener uh, to go to loser's bracket day one, mm-hmm. and, and, and now the heat is on, and you guys won and won and won and won to win the championship
2: and, and get, out of, uh, get out of Stockton with the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a weekend for you guys. Yeah, definitely. It was super fun. It was. I think everybody knew that we shouldn't have lost that first game, and we were all kind of bitter, I guess you could say, a little mad, and it kind of fueled us to be able to show everybody what we were and how good we were, and so then we were able to just win out. You had to beat the Zags twice on Saturday, mm-hmm.
0: and you got the start in the first of two, yeah. right? Went seven strong. You guys went 10-3, to three, yeah. and and then you just kept going. The, the, mm-hmm. the second game what ends up being 16-3, maybe? It, it, it was yeah. an onslaught.
2: Yeah, definitely. I would and say, at that
0: point, you guys were not being beat. No, no, yeah. no. I, the,
2: well, the funny thing is, the weekend before, we actually had the opportunity to win the conference tournament outright, and up, we go to... Up in Spokane, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up in... National F- TV, contact. as I recall. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. On ESPN. Yeah. yeah. And I think, if I'm pretty sure we end up losing three straight to, like, tie with them for the West Coast Conference champions yeah. outright. And so we were mad, and they dogpiled on their field and, like... All in our face, and so we were kind of bitter about that. So we kind of had a little bit of revenge, I guess you could say, on them that we needed to show them who who we really were and what we were going to do to them. And once Mighty Mo got rolling and stocked, and it was unstoppable, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Our hitters, I feel like, took off, and we had a re- our pitching staff. I feel like that was the first time we really everybody meshed really well together and stepped up. And then it's off to the NCAA tournament, and you got to pitch in two games that weekend too. Mm-hmm. Yep. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, definitely. That was super good. Um, I feel like there was a lot of. It was a good learning experience for me as a sophomore to be able to throw against some of these high caliber teams like Cal State Fullerton and Stanford. Mm -hmm. These people who produce a lot and are very good teams. Um, I would say it helped me to be able to see what I needed to work on as well, like after that year, even for my junior year as well. Okay.
0: When we come back, uh, BYU's 2018 season sees a bit
2: of a step back.
0: We'll chat about that and what the Cougs hope is a bounce-back campaign in 2019 as my conversation with Jordan Wood continues. This is Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel on opening week for BYU baseball. You'll hear the games right here on BYU Radio. Back after this with Jordan Wood.
1: Listening to Behind the Mic with Greg Grubell brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: And welcome back to Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel. I'm visiting with BYU right-handed pitcher, senior starter Jordan Wood. Woody will be the opening day starter for the Cougs as they open the 2019 season this Friday night in Mesa versus Northwestern right here On BYU Radio, we'll also have the second game of Saturday's doubleheader with the Wildcats, also here after our coverage of BYU basketball at LMU on Saturday afternoon. Coming off of two WCC tournaments and an NCAA tournament in 2016-17, and uh, Jordan, how would you describe the season that uh, BYU went through last year in 2018? The Cougs go 22-28, 11-16 in league, and you guys were picked to win the WCC uh, coming into last year.
2: Yeah, definitely. I feel like it was... A rougher year we were trying to figure things out i feel like there was a lot of things that didn't mesh very well um but with that being said i feel like i threw pretty well last year and so for me that was a good highlight um even though throughout this it, there was a struggle as a team um i was able to like focus on things and work on things throughout the season to help myself get better
0: so When did you sense, or once you do sense, that things maybe aren't quite right? What are you, as one of the more experienced guys, a leader on the team, trying to bring to help
2: uh, bring things together and help the coaches? I feel like it's just trying to be able to gather together as a team and to grow as a team, right? Um, Every team struggles at some point. um, And so the difference is, like, whether you separate and Everybody becomes their own, or you try to bring them together as a team and grow through this as a team. And I feel like I tried to be able to help us to grow through together as a team. Um, unfortunately, that we didn't grow as enough as we should have, or as much as we wanted to. But being able to try to corral the guys and you know keep everybody together, like you know, hey, like let's cheer for them, let's get behind them, doing everything we can.
0: What were your personal objectives going into uh, the 2018 season, and where do you think you
2: got better as a pitcher? Yeah, you know, my personal objectives, I feel like, were to get better at my fastball command and being able to throw my off-speed for more strikes, like more glove strikes in whatever count I needed to. And I feel like that was one thing that helped me a lot. Um, I was able to throw my changeup a lot in really good counts. I feel like my changeup last year was like a really good pitch I had that was able to help because it looked so much like my fastball. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like that was one huge goal that I had, and I feel like I was able to get better at that. And ultimately, my goal is always to have an ERA under three. Which you um, did. Yeah, which is like, as a starter, that's like good. To give myself, or to give the team um, the opportunity to win. Um, so for me, that's like trying to get it under three, giving them two or three runs, max, um, in seven innings.
0: And a starter at altitude
2: on top of that probably comes into it as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what pitches do you throw right now? What do you have? I have a fastball, obviously a two-seam and a four-seam. I have a change-up, a curveball, and a slider. Okay. Uh, why does Mike Littlewood
0: say that you look like a different guy uh, coming off the December break into preseason workouts here in 2019? How good did you look and feel, do you think? Uh,
2: I don't know how good I looked, but I feel like I have tried a lot to be more focused and more have greater intent with each thing I do. Um, to not be, maybe when I was younger, I was a little bit kind of all over the place, a little wild, but I really tried to focus and control my energy on what I need to get better that each and every day. And I feel like for me, that's helped me and it's helped me be able to grow. I mentioned the coach Littlewood calls you the anchor of the staff. Um, as someone
0: with that um, with that designation, what's your responsibility? You, you may only see the mound every few days, but as the anchor and a senior starter, what are you hoping to bring to the rotation this year?
2: Yeah, for me, it's to be able to set the weekend series or whoever we're playing set them off right to get our team off on a good start um i feel like it's a opportunity for me to be able to show them that like look i'm here to perform and we're here to win um and i think that's the best thing i can do as a starter is to be able to show that to my team and give them the hope that hey we can win this game
0: you're not setting the rotation but who are the uh, names that uh, byu fans are going to get familiar with on the mound among the starters this year
2: um well obviously you have like just a couple guys that come to mind. You have Zim- Drew Zimmerman, who was an All American last year. You have Justin Sterner, who's got good stuff. I mean, you have Bo Burup, who's a good reliever. You have Blake Inaway, and obviously you got Riley Gates coming back um, from his arm injury, which mm-hmm. is a super good closer for us. How does he look to you, by the way, Riley? That is. Yeah, he's he's doing good. He's rehabbed well, and he's rehabbed really hard, and put all the time and effort into it. And I think he'll be a good component for us this year. Okay, with a lot of turnover in in, in players from last season to this. Uh, Can there be a turnover in culture? And have you already felt it? Yeah, definitely. I would say so. I feel like we're trying to make this culture of team first and all in. Um, That's one thing that we like always break out to at the end of each practice is all in. And it's one thing that we're trying to do whatever we can for the team as a team um, that because we know it's like team wins games, not just like individuals or players, mm-hmm. but it's the whole team in baseball that wins games.
0: You've seen a lot of diamonds and a lot of clubhouses around the
2: country. Uh, where do you rat, Where do you stack up uh, BYU's facilities with everything else you've seen in this country? Oh, BYU's is probably one of the nicest I've been to. And coach Littlewood's done a very good job of renovating it year in and year out and being able to get us the nicest stuff so that we can not even have to worry about a clubhouse and we can focus and perform on the field. Okay, uh, your professional aspirations. What are they? Uh, my plan is to go to medical school, so I'll graduate in next December in exercise science, and then. When you
0: I, say next December. Do you mean December of twenty nineteen or twenty twenty of twenty nineteen?
2: Yes, I mean December of twenty nineteen. This, of this yeah, year, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. So this December I'll graduate, and then I take the MCAT actually in May eleventh, and then I'll apply this summer, and then hopefully get into medical school next year. Now, do you want to throw professionally? Yeah, you know, obviously that was like the dream I had growing up. Since I was a s- super little kid, when Damn. I was very little, I, that was one thing I, uh, I've always dreamed of. And you know, like whether that is happens or doesn't is is I guess it's up to me, but all at the same time, it's not up to me. Um, so I don't know. I'll I'll think about it, pray about it. If it feels right, I'll do it. If not, I won't.
0: What's going to tell you that you're on track for that?
2: Um, like, like, when,
0: like, is What has to happen for you to go, yeah, this, this I, I can do this?
2: Yeah, I would say I, I need to gain a couple more miles an hour in my fastball, right? I need to sit cons- more consistently 92 to 94 to, I, w- I would say, personally be a, a good right-handed starter or someone to be a professional major leaguer.
0: Okay. Um, and how is school going for you, by the way?
2: Yeah, school's going well. What are you majoring in? So I'm majoring in exercise science. Okay. And medical school could be anywhere, right? Yep, anywhere. I would like to ultimately go back to Texas um, because I think I could still get Texas um, residency. Um, and I just would like to go to the warmth again. Okay, I hear you. Uh, you've been married for almost uh, three years. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Let's mention, uh, mention your wife's name and mm-hmm. how you met her.
2: Yeah, her name's Cabrino Wood. Um, Kind of funny story. My parents moved from Texas to Utah and our little brothers actually played on the same baseball team for a while. And she was on her mission in Germany. I was on my mission in England. And our dads out of all people were like, oh, we should set them up on a date when they get back. Yeah. And I was like, Dad, don't ever do this again. And I was like, I'm fine. I can handle it on my own. He's like, just take her out on one date. And so we went on one date, and it turned into many and many more and ended up getting married. Fantastic. Great story. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: And so this week is opening week. You've got Northwestern on Friday night.
2: Yeah. And you're the opening night starter. Mm -hmm. There's something to that, right? Getting the ball on opening night? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I just feel like it's just another start for me, right? It's just another thing that I need to do and work on and see what I can get better at each and every time. Well, best of luck to you Friday night uh, this season.
0: Uh, We'll have an eye on you. I'll I'll hopefully get to call a start or two of yours uh, later in the year. I've got a few baseball games on my personal schedule this year for the first time. Looking forward to that. It's been fun having you in. Definitely. Thank you so much. All right. That is Jordan Wood. My guest has been pitcher Jordan Wood. And when Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel continues, it's a conversation with former BYU hoopster Jonathan Tavernari on the line from Italy right here on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, and the BYU Radio app. JT, coming up next, stay with us.
1: You're listening to Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: We are back on Behind the Mic, and it's time for tonight's Catching Up with the Cougars segment, brought to you by BYU Alumni. BYU Alumni chapters help students in need and spread the influence of the Y around the world. Stay connected for good and find your chapters at alumni.byu.edu slash chapters. And this evening, we visit with former BYU hoopster, three-point specialist, and longtime European professional Jonathan Tavernari, the son of a basketball coach in Brazil, Jonathan came to America to play his high school hoops and college ball. As a prep star in both Utah and Nevada, JT refined his game and then brought it to BYU in 2006, early in the head coaching career of Dave Rose. Over four seasons as a Cougar, JT ended up in BYU's top 15 all-time in scoring, top 15 in field goals made, and second to Jimmer Fredette in career, three-pointers made. A crafty defender, Jonathan placed sixth in career steals. He's in the BYU top 10 in games played, top 5 in consecutive games played, and 7th all-time in victories and win percentage. And he is still 2nd at BYU in both of these categories, games with 3-plus 3-pointers and games with 5-plus 3-pointers. And he is tied for the 6th longest 3-point streak in Cougar Hoops history. As a pro... JT has spent most of his last nine seasons in Italy with some pit stops in his home country of Brazil, for whom he has also spent time as a member of the national team. But it is from Italy that Jonathan Tavernari joins me now behind the mic. Hello, JT.
3: Greg, how are you doing?
0: Very good. First up, can you bring us up to speed on your current whereabouts exactly and your contract status and life overseas right now?
3: I am right now in uh, Pompeii, Italy. Uh, Pompeii where there's, you know, there are the famous ruins from the, the volcano explosion of Vesuvius on 79, uh, AD. Um, just playing here, uh, for a team called ba- uh Basket. Uh, played here before. Uh, the second time here is our, is our third time actually in this region of Italy, you know, right by Amalfi, uh, the Amalfi coast, right by Sorrento right by Naples. Um, we love it here. Um, I just have a one-year deal. Uh, and, um, you know, we'll see what's going to happen next uh, next year. You know, my, uh, we, have, we have another uh, 12 games to go, and we're fighting for a good playoff spot. And, uh, you know, just uh, things are good. Married, uh, got a six-year-old. He's actually on his way to basketball practice right now. And, uh, yeah, things are good. Things are, things are great.
0: I spent some time in your region on a trip to Italy three years ago this spring. That is a beautiful part of the world.
3: Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's great. I mean, it, it, when it gets cold, it's not really that cold. You know, it's not like we are northern Italy, you know, above around, you know, Turin, Milan, or, or Venice. Uh, and it's nice. I mean, in about two months here, sometime in the middle of March, early April, we'll be able to go to the beach and hang out. And, you know, uh, I know a few spots down south towards, you know, uh, a city called Agropoli where I played there right on the Mediterranean. Uh, Sorrento is beautiful. Um, always joke around with uh, Tom Homo when he's a Sorrento because I, when you guys were here with the, with the, with the soccer team, I sent him a couple of places that, you know, the, the people over there they're my guys, and uh, you know it's a, it's a beautiful area. And uh, you know, been here for nine years now. Um, just a funny story: the very first Sunday, my wife and I went to, uh, went to church together in Italy. That's when they announced the temple grounds. Uh, we're gonna, be, you know, there's gonna be the groundbreaking um, for the for the Rome Temple. And you know, now we're, you know, next week we actually get to go and uh, and be part of like a, a open house. And so it's uh, you know it's it's kind of a kind of like we're pioneers here. So hmm. it's, it's a, you know it's a huge blessing being here.
0: Let's go back. I called you the son of a basketball coach, but the coach wasn't your dad. It was your mom. Your mom's kind of a big deal in Brazilian hoops, right?
3: Yeah, she's a, she's a really big deal. I mean, all the all the stats, you know, on my where I rank in uh, BYU hoops history. I mean, she is the same thing in Brazil, but she's all number one. Um, she's been coaching for over 30 years now uh, she has I think 109 um, championships um, she's been the coach of the year for uh, 31 times uh, she is the, she is the, the director of the youth uh, national team so everything that's 18 and under um, my mom is in charge of that which um, you know nowadays um, not as much as it was ten, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I was a, uh, when I was uh, before I got to America. But nowadays, international competition for the youth is, you know, it's a really a big deal. Um, so you, you know, you got South American championships, the Tournament of Americas, uh, World Championships, and so forth for kids starting fourteen and under and fifteen and under. And so she's in charge of all of that, and you know, she's getting some international attention now. She's part of the NBA camp. In South America last week, Uh, and so it's you know I'm proud I'm proud to be her son and you know but and she did teach me everything that I know in basketball so Mm -hmm. I I owe everything to my mom.
0: And your dad was also involved in the sports world too, right?
3: Yeah, he was. My dad was a before he was a now he is a kind of like a director of uh, of operations of athletics for the city of San Bernardo, which is the city that I'm from. But before he worked with soccer, he had the chance to work with, uh, Santos back when Pele was kind of like, you know, towards the, his last little hoorah in Santos before he went to America and kind of teamed up with Rocky Balboa. <laughs> but, um, he, uh, yeah, he worked with soccer and, um, and now, but now he's kind of like doing more things behind the scenes and organizing, which is what I hope to do when I retire. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go into the, into my mom's family business of coaching. You know, I kind of want a, a dad's job of being behind a desk and being home for dinner every night.
0: Let's talk about how you ended up in America, and more specifically, uh, Utah.
3: When I was a kid, I uh, always wanted to go to America, always wanted to, you know, play high school basketball, obviously then try my hardest to play college basketball. My family is very... Very uh, school-oriented. My mom said, you know, if you want to go somewhere, you're going to go to America. And that's how I ended up, you know, going to the U.S. You know, I ended up um, just getting recruited by a lot of different colleges, and and, and one of them was BYU. Uh, once I heard about BYU, I, I knew that I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. And there was a coach at BYU, Walter Ruiz. He was the one that brought um Hoffa, that brought Lou that brought uh, Fernando Malamen and so he had a he had a really good relationship with my mom because he played for my mom when he was in Brazil mm. and uh, you know he told her and she said hey obviously your son is you know he has you know he is uh, above average in basketball but i promise you if you know you if we can recruit him and help him um my my concerns would be for him to you know get good grades and put him in a position to succeed and and that's what happened. I moved to I moved to America, did one year of uh, of high school at View and then had to transfer to a, a private school because of federal laws. Ended up going to Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. Um, I was a late bloomer in high school. Ended up, you know, leading the state of Nevada in, in scoring and rebounding, and you know, got flooded with offers. But I always wanted to go to BYU. Uh, As a member of the church, I got to learn the gospel during my year at Timview, Um, got baptized on my own, and uh, there wasn't no pressure or anything whatsoever. I didn't serve a mission. That was a personal decision for me at the time. For me, going to BYU was a way for me to, one, strengthen my testimony, and and two, was a way for me to kind of repay the Lord with my talents and my gifts that He gave me in the first place. And so... Uh, that's how I ended up I BYU. I mean, I, you know, it was. I, I I would be lying if I say that it wasn't a, uh, a tough choice because at the end I started getting recruited by Kit, uh, Florida, UCLA. I mean, I had some 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 really big ACC schools. Virginia Tech came after me, uh, but you know, I trusted I trusted uh, Coach Rose. You know and the rest is history. I mean I, I had to earn my spot right away and uh you know, he made me a better man for it. And uh, you know, I'm 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 proud I'm proud to say that I had a really good college career, you know, it's humbling and I'm all grateful because of coach Rose and the teammates I had.
0: As a freshman at BYU, you played every game off the bench. You were the 7th leading scorer, number 7 in scoring, you were 5th in three-pointers. so You're not taken over yet. You're young. Keena Young was the leading scorer, conference player of the year. Other starters included Trent Playstead, Lee Kamard. So this is a pretty good team you broke in with, JT. I
3: mean, and and that was the hardest part. I mean, you know, patience is, you know, patience is a virtue that um, it's not easy to, to have, you know, you have to learn it. And uh, it's literally baptism by fire. And and there were times that it was hard. You know, I, I'm coming in from high school and, you know, I'm, I'm a hot shot and it's not easy. You know, my, my very first practice, uh, I remember at the RB before the practice facility was built, I remember grabbing a rebound, coming down the court and, and doing a, a tough shot making. I'm like, yeah, I belong here. <laughs> and Coach Rose says, stop. Said, JT, Daryl was the worst shot I've ever seen as a head coach. Don't you ever take that shot. And I'm like, I went to the back of the line. I was teary-eyed. Austin Ainge pulled me to the side and said, hey, you know what? If I can play at college level, you're definitely going to be able to play at college level. Don't let it get to you. Um, I didn't get made much playing time during, um, doing a non-conference schedule. you know. And when I did, I kind of you know, didn't do very well um but i pretty much started Blossom when conference started um and you know i was able to come in and knock down shots nobody really knew who i was so you know i had a i had a, I had a really big room to shoot and credit goes to coach rice uh terry nashif uh they really helped me and, and, and gave me the confidence When coach rose then started you know calling my number um you know i was able to i was able to help the team get some wins i mean because like you said you know we had Austin Lee Trent Tina Jimmy Balderson Mike Rose Sam Burgess we had a lot of guys and you know as with a team you know it takes it takes more than one person to win it and I did play behind a Player of the Year an all-American that set up the foundation for me to be able to you know have a really good sophomore year you know with, with Kena graduating and also gave me a lot of confidence you know for you know in being called for my national team you know which at the time, it was unheard of for a college kid to go and play for the national for their national team, you know, let alone for Olympic qualifiers, World Championships. And my freshman year was interesting.
0: Well, your freshman year, BYU uh, got to the NCAA tournament. Coach Rose's first NCAA tournament as head coach, and first of four in a row for you, which is great. You started then twenty nine of thirty five games as a sophomore. You're third in scoring now. You led the team in three-pointers made. Jimmer Fredette was a freshman, but he didn't start a single game that year, JT. I
3: mean, Jimmer didn't become Jimmer until the end of probably his sophomore, junior year. You know, because even when his junior year, he had mono, which kind of threw us off a little bit. Um, but, you know, he was, I mean, he was young. And we had, you know, Ben Murdoch did an amazing job my sophomore year of being a point guard, of taking care of the ball. Um, and we had, a, I mean, me, Lee, and Trent, we kind of, you know, we clicked. You know, Lee was all around and did everything. Trent was able to just, you know, dominate, and, and that's why he got drafted that year. Um, Sam Burgess did all the little things, you know, that, that you would expect from a guy like that, you know. Um, him and Jackson were big blessings in my life on calling me out when I needed to be called out. Hugging me when I needed to be hugged, and uh, you know, I, I every now and then when I when I talked to Sam, I'll tell him. I said, "You were one of the best teammates I ever had. I couldn't appreciate you more." But I remember my sophomore year was good. We, you know, we we had the expectation, you know, back on my on my on my freshman year, and uh, sophomore year was good, and we we rolled up again, and you know, unfortunately, we we came up short in the NCAA tournament, um, you know, but again. Top twenty-five, another championship back to back. Hadn't been done in BYU in you know in a few decades.
0: And your junior season, you start all thirty-three games. You led BYU in threes again, and you had essentially the same starting group in every game that year. Lee, Jimmer, you, Jax, and Chris Miles, and you're back in the NCAA tournament again for a third straight year.
3: And you we know, we got things rolling. I mean, um, and I was a little bit, you know, I, I had a whole lot more responsibility on my shoulders, believe it or not, more than in my senior year. On my junior year. Because I felt that Trent wasn't there. You know, I uh, always joke around with TP that, you know, he, uh, <laughs> you know, he chose to get paid instead of coming back and rolling with us. But I think that's one of the biggest what-ifs of my college career is that if Trent had come back for his senior year, you can't tell me that we wouldn't be a, a sweet 16 team, or you know, and just maybe play for a, a Final Four bid. I was excited, and, you know, but we got it done again. We won conference. You know, but I did feel like my junior year is where I had the most responsibility, believe it or not, even more than my senior year. But, you know, things work out for the best. I mean, I met my wife. I got engaged, um, went back to Brazil, played for the national team again. Um, But that summer was really hard because I had, you know, two, three offers to come to Europe, you know, that were worth seven figures. And I was, you know, I was really considering kind of, you know, leaving BYU and, and, and coming and starting my professional career. But, um, you know, my mom, at the end of the day, you know, she was the one that kind of put the brakes on it because I was really on the fence, you know. And she said, you need a degree, uh, money, you know, it's, if you don't have an education, money is not worth everything. And so, you know, credit goes to my mom to be able to push me back to BYU to finish out my senior year.
0: It is break time on Behind the Mic. When we come back, JT's senior season sees him in a new role and BYU back in the NCAA tournament, but advancing for the first time in 17 years. My conversation with Jonathan Tavernari continues. This is Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel on BYU Radio.
1: Welcome back to Behind the Mic, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Here's your host, Craig Rubel.
0: Back on Behind the Mic, visiting with former BYU basketball player Jonathan Tavernari, who joins us live from Italy in tonight's Catching Up with the Cougars segment. 2009-2010, JT was your senior season at BYU, and after starting almost every game of the previous two seasons, you came off the bench for 29 of 36 games in your last season and you earned Mountain West Conference Sixth Man of the Year honors as a result. It was a different role. Take us back to that time and having to settle into a different spot for you.
3: Well, like I said, you know, it was when you get a when you get word that you got a, a seven figure on the table. You know, it's it's not easy to just put that behind. You know, just put that on, on second plan and, and behind your head. You know, and behind your mind, in the back of your mind. But you know, I did that and. And to be honest with you, Greg, I was, at that time, I was a little bit burned out, you know, Um, from literally uh, the summer of my, before my senior year of high school until my senior year started, I hadn't taken a single summer off. I was working out at BYU with Coach Coach Rose. I was working out with, you know, Justin McClure, the conditioning coach, Justin, my guy. Um, I was back with the national team, just doing everything that I needed to do. Um, I was back on the season, so I never really, like, you know, Justin would, like, allow me to take maybe a week off, but that's about it. And so I never really had an extensive time that I was, you know, kind of resting my body, and so I was burned out. I got married. Um, it's a new routine, and, you know, it's a new dynamic. And so I my senior year. We kind of getting a little bit slow. We lose to a Utah state team that we had dominated the year before at Energy Solutions. And, um, and I go to Coach Rose. I'm like, listen, I'm tired. Ty- I got to be honest with you. I'm tired. Uh, I don't feel like I'm playing well. Um, I think Jimmer is blossoming. I think Jackson, uh, is blossoming. I think Noah's blossoming, but most, you know, I, I think Tyler, we're kind of like clipping his wings right now. And so I know I'm going to play professional. I might not be able to sign a seven-figure deal right out of college like I was about to two, three months ago. I don't bring me off the bench. You know, like, I'm not, I'm going to get mine, but we just need we need to figure something out. And then, as I said that, you know, it took me about five, six games to kind of get on the groove because it, it, the mentality is different. You know, it's, it's not easy. You know, it's almost as if, Greg, you would have to go to ESPN and be the color-commentating guy after being – the voice of the Cougars. You know, he takes a little bit of adapting. Yeah. But it worked out. I mean, we won 11 straight games and got ranked and, you know, put ourselves in a position to win conference again. We were a box out away from doing that. We finished the year ranked, went to the NCAA tournament, got to advance it. Uh, one of the sweetest moments of that year, two things that really, that really meant the world to me. Um, the first one is at the locker room, Coach Rose, I don't know if he does it still, but he had the habit of booking it and so and say, "Here I come and just booking it and just jumping on a player and kind of just jumping up and down." Um, and he came to me, you know, and he, and we and he's just jumping up and down. I got him. And he's like, "We did it. We did it. We did it." And that was a special bond, you know, because I was the first, I was the first player. Well, I was the first student athlete that he signed as a head coach at BYU. You know, we just had that bond, and and the second moment was once it was all said and done, um, on my on our on the on the dinner uh, on the uh, well, the end of the year dinner, and you were telling you know you're saying all these stats and this and that, and you said something that I'll never forget. And you said, Jonathan most definitely was you know in the basketball program, one of the you know besides after uh, you know Krasimir, one of the you know the the biggest impacts. International players that we ever had of this program, and, and and for me, I you know I've always studied you know studied Joseph's life, what he did after BYU, and, and so for me, the sacrifice of taking a seat back for the better, you know, for the betterment of the team, for us to be able to win games, and that was the first time in BYU history that we won 30 games. I mean, that was unheard of back then. Mm-hmm. And, and and to be able to be a part of these things, you know, it becomes something bigger than yourself, you know, something that money cannot buy. Being able to walk to the BYU campus today, people know who I am, uh, you know, ha- you know, having earned the respect of people like Tom Homo, Chad Lewis, uh, Robbie Bosco, uh, being able to have a great relationship with Brian Santiago, having had, uh, you know, President uh president samuelson be the guy that sealed me in the temple to my wife i mean some of these things are priceless and i know that they happened because of you know them seeing my character my testimony and that i wasn't about money that i was about being at byu and sacrificing for something bigger than myself and so um my senior year like i said the pressure that i had on my junior year i never felt that pressure on my senior year you know and uh, it did help that Jimmer was kind of becoming, you know, the Jimmer, uh, you know, with that coming out party in Arizona. We had 49, uh, but we had a great team, you know, and and we advanced. And you know, thanks to Mike Lloyd, and he had a great game against Florida. Um, but you know, that that completed a that completed a, a nice chapter in my life, one that I always treasure. Uh, whenever I travel overseas, I always wear my BYU stuff and I'll wear it proudly uh, I heard in the beginning of the program you're talking about you know the the BYU chapters and this and whatnot and I mean that's that's what BYU is all about I, you know at the end of the day I'm gonna stop playing basketball you know in, in a little while um, you know and to, to learn and go forth to serve you know and if and I and I feel that if I didn't do that then I would be letting down all of the people that worked hard, that sacrificed to give me a scholarship and give me all the things that, you know, uh, that you know, the material things that I got at BYU, you know, and not mentioning, you know, the education, the friendships, the memories. And so for me, a way for me to honor all the sacrifices that people around my circle and others did for me is, you know, for me to try to, you know, try to be a, Love my neighbor, you know, like you know, love you know, love 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 thy neighbor like you love thyself, and so, um, great time at BYU, amazing memories, and uh, you know, it's, it's as you know, it's a place that I come back to every summer, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm very blessed and humbled that everybody always welcomes me with open arm, you know, I you know, whenever our schedule meets, you know, I'll take you to lunch, and so, uh, I, just these friendships and these things mean the world to me.
0: In your professional career, Jonathan, both Italy and Brazil have been good to you, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I had one year in Brazil, um, just one year. It was after my son was born, but it was a special situation because the team I grew up playing for, where my mom still coaches, uh, got the chance to participate in you know a lot of big international tournaments. Uh, and so we went there for a year. Um, it was a good experience. Uh, But we, you know, my wife and I, our boy, we love Italy. You know, he has a really special place in my heart. It was the place where my ancestors came from. Um, It's where we've spent, you know, my son has lived, you know, five of the six years of his life here. You know, he speaks fluent Italian. So does my wife. Um, There's this culture for us, you know, going to a a small branch and uh, you have to every week either teach, uh, teach a lesson or give a talk. It's you know for us is the norm, and so we love it here. We love the people. Now with the temple being ready, it's a huge blessing. And, and professionally, it has been good. You know, um, I got to make a name for myself. You know, the in the Italian league, in the first and the second division, uh, the different levels of the European competitions. Just you've got to keep working hard and, and keep earning it because every single year there's a there's a younger. Uh, more athletic, you know, guy coming in and, you know, it's I have a coach, they say, you got to kill a lion today. A you know, you can't just be comfortable. You got to be a hunter. You know what I mean? Like, you got to, you got to get after it. And so it, it, life has been good in a little while here. I think I'll be ready for the next chapter of my life. I don't know what I will do. Uh, it's always been my hope that I'll be able to work at BYU, uh, as some form of, uh, some form of a position. Um, don't want to coach. So I told Leah, I said, you know, if you ever become the head coach at BYU, you can you can hire me to be the director of basketball operations. I don't want to coach. I was sitting <laughs> in the meetings, you pick my brain, but I, uh, you know, I travel a lot. You know, our schedule here. I mean, there has been a few, a couple of years for now. There's been for now no, a couple of years for now that you know we play twice a week, and you know I've been gone 15, 20 days at a time with flights from. Milan to Moscow to Siberia, back to Turkey, then to Germany, back to Rome. And so, you know, it's been kind of a whirlwind of traveling. And, uh, you know, the I I am, uh, you know, when I retire, the last thing I want to do is get on a plane.
0: Well, Jonathan, I really enjoyed getting to know you. Uh, when you played here at BYU, it's been fun to be your friend over the years. Uh, my best to you, your wife Kiri, your son Xander. Wish you all the best in the future. I know our paths will cross again. Thanks again uh, for joining me tonight from Italy.
3: Hey, I appreciate it. Just uh, once again, just want to just going to give a shout out to Cougar Nation. Wherever wherever I go, somebody from BYU recognizes me. Uh, somebody from the church recognizes me. It's a huge blessing and an honor. Um, and I want to thank, you know, especially everybody at BYU um, for literally strengthening my testimony because that was one of the main reasons why I went there. Uh, I was to become a member of the church, to become a better man, a better basketball player, Um, but my testimony was the main thing. I was recently baptized in, and, you know, just um, BYU has a special place in my heart, and uh, I hold it very dear to me. So thanks for having me, Greg.
0: JT, obrigado. (laughs) De nada. My interview with Jonathan Tavernari was tonight's Catching Up with the Cougars segment brought to you by BYU Alumni. Want to help BYU students but don't know how? You can with BYU Alumni Chapters. Find the chapter that fits you at alumni.byu.edu slash chapters. We're back to close out tonight's show right after this. Well, thanks for joining us on Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel this Wednesday, February 13th. And thank you to my guests this evening, BYU pitcher Jordan Wood and former BYU basketball player Jonathan Tavernari. On next week's show, among my guests will be Olympic marathoner and former BYU distance runner Jared Ward as he gets ready for the Boston Marathon. My thanks tonight to coordinating producer Terry South. For Terry, my name is Greg Grubel, and I thank you for joining me Behind the Mic on BYU Radio here on SiriusXM 143, byuradio.org, the BYU Radio app and the Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel podcast. Until next Wednesday, good night and go Cougars.
1: You have been listening to Behind the Mic with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to the podcast at byuradio.org.